Welcome to the Best Days Podcast. I'm your host, Erica Kirkus. On today's episode, you'll hear my conversation with VNA Hospice Chaplain Ben Polhemus and Northwest Indiana native Keith Young. Keith takes us through his life and shares stories of his military service and career and family life. We recorded this episode at Keith's home, and some of the questions are difficult to hear, but Keith's stories are the shining moments. We hope you'll enjoy listening. Uh, I actually started out as a farm boy. My, my mom and dad uh, had farm, and my dad had an injury where he couldn't, wasn't able to farm anymore. And uh, mother, my mother and my dad uh, and I, who was just a young boy at that time. Uh, my sister, my youngest sister took him, took us in and we lived, lived with her in Crown Point uh, in, in town. Uh, that's pretty much the, that's pretty much the start of, of my life. Within, uh, my, my father then died in 32, right in the thick of the depression. Uh, he was 51 at the time, so. Yeah, relatively young man, uh, and bedridden. Uh, I I don't think as a kid I ever saw him on his feet, uh, and I do notice that times when we had to move him, that my brother-in-law might even have to pick him up and carry him somewhere, or in a wheelchair or something like that. But I do remember that he still maintained, which I guess I've inherited. A good sense of humor. He always could see something that was funny or or could comp- say something about, which I which I kind of uh, have inherited, I think, too. Yeah, and that was, uh, we later on left Crown Point, and my brother-in-law happened to get a job out in the mill and thought we ought to, he ought to be a little closer to work. So we moved up to Glen uh, uh, Park in Gary. Got a home there, and I grew up there in 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 Gun Park. Graduated from the Wallace High School, and I went into the service. And World War II was on in the service in nineteen forty five. So before you joined the military, what was your life like? Did you have a job, or did you go right from school? Well, <laughs> my mother kind of, uh, I think, led me through that. Uh, I was, she, 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 she tried to get me to work down the factory with my brother down on low. I think it was only 14 and uh, they told her, hey, he's too young. <laughs> you can't, he can't be doing that. So she sent me down to, with my sister, Helen, who was still farming. So I spent that summer working with them on the farm, learned a lot about farming that I realized I didn't want to be a farmer. <laughs> And then the, the next year, I was 15, she decided I could get down with my brother down a little work in the factory. And uh, so I went down, worked in the factory down there for the summer. And then the following year, which would have been my last year, uh, I happened to be on the way home from school. And I noticed a, a, a roofer there in Glen Park was looking for help, help happened to have a help on its sign. I said, oh. I just working down there in Lowell making roofing and maybe, maybe that'll help me. So I went in and asked and she said, uh, the woman, the secretary said, you can go down and see him. He lives at uh, 40, 
46th in Delaware. I happened to live at the 43rd. I thought, well, I can go down there pretty handily in the evening. She said, he won't be home until like five something. So I, I went down and he looked at me and decided that maybe I could uh, help him. And so then I went to work with Turnack Roofing for that summer, which would have been my last year of school summer. Yeah. Uh, and that, and that was a, a learning experience for me. And I think he was very, very good to me and, and uh, helping me along too. So tell us like when you went into the military, like where you drafted or did you enlist? No, I enlisted. And in fact, as a matter, I always maintained that I wasn't going to college. And I thought, well, I think I'll just enlist. I enlisted for, uh, at that time I was 17 and I would have enlisted up till I was 21, but I was out before, I actually got it before I was 21. But I enlisted in the Navy and I didn't want the army. I had had three years of ROTC in high school and I'd had enough army. I, and I'd had an older gentleman who had been in the Navy, uh, talking a lot about it and interest in it and the things that you could do in the Navy. So, uh, yeah, I enlisted in the Navy and, and I got out in uh, 48, went in in 45, got out in April 48. So it wasn't quite three years. So that was, yeah. What was your job when you were in the Navy? Well, it depended. I was on three different ships as ship's company, as we would list it, that I was a part of that, uh, the group that was aboard. I went on the first ship, it was a PC, which was a sub, sub chaser, and uh, was a deckhand, but I preferred the engine room. And the fellow said, yeah, I can get you in the engine room. So I went down as a fireman in the engine room where you're running the, uh, uh, running a motor, drive, uh, keep the ship running. And uh, and I, I, I enjoyed that. Uh, I got transferred off of that to a, a yard oiler, which was carrying diesel fuel, refueling ships, and was down the engine room there. It was just two of us. In and uh, came home on leave for 30 days and then went back in and got assigned to an aircraft carrier uh, the boxer out in California. And again, I was back. Uh, well, actually, they put me back into uh, electrical where I just do more elect electrical work. But I was on a, doing uh, mostly running generators where the uh, ship is uh, lighted by maybe three or four locations with generators in case you should lose uh, lose a station somewhere and you're, you know, needed to get get moved to one of the different locations. So I think that carrier had four different locations and uh, I was running the generator, keeping the lighting going. Wow. Yeah, uh, depending on the hours, it might be, it might be usually run around four hours uh, duty. And you told me that there was about 3,500 on the, those? Uh, that carrier would have 35 to 4,000 men. Yeah, and uh, maybe 70, 80 airplanes, uh, you know, because you've got a hangar deck where they're stored and they got a flight deck where they're taking off and landing. Uh, 
So you've got, you've got a, a naval uh, airborne personnel on board too, uh, besides just regular men. So, yeah, I was very, very pleased to get on there. I often thought, boy, I'd love to be on something like that. And when I went back, lo and behold, I got assigned to a carrier. So I spent not quite a year on there. So were you stateside or were you? Uh, when I went on, when I would, when I went in the Navy, I was shipped over to, uh, to the Marshall Islands, which encompassed uh, uh, Kwajalein and Roy and Majuro Islands out in that area. Not too far from Bikini, where you probably remember the, the, the bomb. Uh, and I spent, uh, I think rotation time at that time was 14 months. You had to serve and then you, you, they get you back. So I, I was over the, in the islands for about 14 months and came home. Uh, and uh, then went back out to California. And uh, when I got on the carrier, why, uh, I was stationed basically out of uh, San Francisco. Uh, and... Uh, made a lot of our trips uh, out on the Pacific, down to Hawaii and places like that. Uh, yeah. And went into dry dock while we were there uh, to overhaul. And I think we spent maybe three, four months in dry dock. So I spent just a lot of time uh, in and around San Francisco. And my granddaughter, Elizabeth, lives there now. And I think, oh my. Back in those days, there I was wandering around there. She is now living there. So, yeah. What kind of friendships did you make when you were in the service? And did you keep up, up with them when you came I, I made a lot of friendships, but it was something that I, that I did not. And I've thought about it a few times. I, and I could have uh, kept in touch with fellows, I suppose, somehow, but it just sort of drifted away. I thought I just uh, just did not have a, a tremendous desire to do that. And now I'm a fellow that I think uh, keeps keep track a lot more uh, friendship-wise than I did back in those days. And they were from all over the country. You know, I had a lot of guys from the South and in the East and... Uh, uh, back when I went out to the east, I was just greatly surprised that you know, the, the the vocabulary and everything had changed considerably. <laughs> I thought, yeah, but the southern boys were were good. But uh, uh, I always remember too that uh, I don't think they ever got away from the south will rise again, <laughs> and and hadn't forgot that they had lost the war. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think was the best part of your service? Well, I think it. Uh, I think I just needed to get up, get away. Uh, I had pretty much uh, was home, and uh, I think that uh, I look forward to to being able to get out, and I even look forward to getting out into the islands and seeing what they were like. And uh, then, of course, to spend some time there in San Francisco was always uh, interesting to me, too. So, yeah, I think just the ability to make new friends and 
and see uh, other parts of the country. Uh, I, I was just reading the post here, a woman that was taking a train trip and I kind of like my train trips. Uh, back then it was trains and I could get on San Francisco. It'd take me three days to get to Chicago, but uh, you know, looking out the window and just seeing the kind of country other than what I was used to was always a good, good trip for me. And going back again, seeing something else, stopping in small towns back in those days, which it normally did. Uh, I enjoyed, enjoyed very much. Can you remember what the day was like when your service ended? Yes, in some respect. I think I uh, there was probably at that time the discharge, there might have been like, oh, 12, 14 of us that were getting out at the same time. I remember one old chief who was deciding he'd had enough. And, and I'm not mistaken, he'd been in for maybe over 20 years. And he was, and I seemed to him, you, re, you really think you want to get out? And he said, yeah, he's had enough. And, uh, but uh, I, I uh, we, it was nothing, anything spectacular about being discharged. And just all of a sudden had uh, uh, got our bags together and, uh, and uh, had train tickets for us. Uh, to where we were going to ask where we were leaving, going to. And got us down to the train station and, uh, and headed, uh, headed home. And of course, back at that time, years, years back, we traveled a lot with troop trains, with just troops on the trains. Uh, there were no civilians on at all. But coming home after discharge, well, you know, was back. A lot of civilians and a few servicemen that were probably transferring or moving or going home for discharge. So uh, it was a little different by train. When you did come home, how were you received by your family and friends? I I came home in April and I did say to the family, you know, I think I'm gonna just. Uh, relax a little bit. I may take maybe uh, a month, uh, renew some friendships, do some things, uh, maybe date some girls, and uh, uh, find a job. Uh, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do that quickly. And I think it was pretty much that I was home for, and had some great friends that came over and. And we got together evenings and things like that, that, uh, that I really looked, looked forward to. But no, I didn't, I think, I think I was home most of May and then uh, found a job at that time uh, down at uh, uh, Nipsco. Uh, and, uh, and I think tail end of May, I was back, back to work. And, uh, uh, I was happy to be home. Was yeah. it hard to adjust? Uh, no, not really. No, I didn't find that to be anything at all. There was still still friendships that uh, just helped me through all that. I don't think I ever uh, had any t- trouble adjusting to it. No. How soon after you got back did you start dating Katie? 
Uh, I dated I dated some other girls there that summer. Uh, nothing that. Uh, well, I had a young lady that I dated uh, when I came home in '46. It was around Christmas time. She was still in high school. She still maybe had two years to go. Friends, family, friends. and uh, had a dance at school, and I. I took her to the dance, but, uh, and she continued to write to me. I mean, I, I would get a letter from her once a week at least. And so when I came home, uh, naturally, uh, we, uh, she, she said to me, you know, the prom's coming up and you want to go to the prom. And I said, I'll take it to the prom. That's not a problem. And, uh, but nothing ever seriously developed. In fact, she, I always jokingly, at, uh, as a Navy guy, she had also dated a Marine, of all things, and uh, the Marine won. <laughs> uh, she married him and uh, had a wonderful, uh, her, in fact, we, we were still friends. Uh, they lived out here in Maryville also. So I would see her or him uh, uh, for years after that. Uh, and I think it was probably, oh, I'd say late fall of uh, 48 that uh, I happened to look over in the yard. And, and Katie, I could see Katie's home across the alley. And I happened to see Katie out in the front yard. And I, oh, I'll go over and spend some time with Katie. So I went over and we were talking. And she said, oh, during the discussion, she said, oh, would you like to go and see a play in Chicago? I got tickets for two. Uh, maybe she had somebody else in mind that didn't want to go. I don't know. But anyway, uh, we did. And uh, from then on, it, uh, uh, I was able to take her back and forth to work and things like that. that uh, and we, uh, I just knew right then there that uh, this was probably, probably going to be it. And uh, it was. We got engaged in... Uh, Christmas of uh, 48, married in May of 49, and uh, had our first son, Keith, in 50, August of 50. So, uh, yeah, 72 years we were together. So I miss her dearly. I miss her dearly. How do you think your service affected the way you relate to others? That I would away? The way you relate to other people. How do you think? Uh, I, I, I don't think I ever had any problems of relating to other people. It just seemed to come natural to me that, uh, that everybody was a friend. I never looked at it as anything else. Oh, this this may develop into a strong friendship, and or it may not. I don't know, but uh, it it uh, I I still have that feeling. I think that I kind of feel people out as as I uh, as I go through through life, and I and I remember I, I good Lord has blessed me, but I can remember when I started at Nipsco. And I would have started there in May, and there was a fellow that was the chief chemist, their older man, I'd say 50s. Uh, and uh, somehow or another, we got, 
we'd stand out in the hallways, a number of guys getting ready to go home at night, uh, just passing time. And he'd come over to talk to me, ask me questions about uh, what I was doing or what I had done. And somehow or another just seemed to take a liking to me. And uh, standing there talking one day, and he said to me, how would you like to work in the lab? And I said, oh, I'd love to work in the lab. I was out digging ditches and what have you with water utility. And uh, he said, I'm going to work on it. And uh, lo and behold, uh, and I thought at the time, that can't develop. I mean, uh, this is unionized. I mean, these are job bids, I'm assuming. I don't have any seniority at all. How would I ever get in there? But lo and behold, he worked around it and uh, got me into the lab. And uh, from that day on, I spent the rest of my time pretty much in the laboratory. He passed away. I'd say we were together maybe five years, like a father to me. Uh, uh, and it was... Uh, it was, uh, it was a good move. I was very, very happy that he, and it just started out just talking friendship wise and uh, you never think anything's going that direction, but I sure was, uh, I was sure happy he decided to take a liking to me, I can tell you that. <laughs> and in fact, another gentleman who was also in there about that same week asked me if I'd like to go into maintenance and uh, I said, oh, Frank, I would have loved to, but I said, Bruce just asked me about going into the lab, and I'd rather go to the lab than maintenance. <laughs> and so he took a friend of mine into maintenance, uh, and we were good friends. So it, uh, it kind of worked its way out pretty well. It's a good lesson in making connections with people. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh, yes. message if, if there are future generations listening to this interview what are your what's your message to them oh boy and I've got <laughs> I've got five grandkids and seven great grandkids <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know I just uh, and I think they're all doing pretty well for themselves I think they're working hard at you know, trying to, to, to fit into something. And I think that's something that uh, we all hopefully do. Uh, I probably got I, my oldest grandson, great-grandson will be a senior in high school. And I look at my goodness sake, she's, she's be off to college here shortly. And, and uh, I, I noticed that he moves around and, and looks like he's doing pretty well for himself, uh, and I'm I'm happy to see that. I see that mostly with my uh, a lot with my grandkids and my great grandkids. They've all done. Uh, they've all moved in a pretty good direction. I have a great. I have a grandson who's a high school principal. Uh, has his doctorate. Uh, I have uh, another grandson who's a high school math math teacher. Uh, uh, and I have some in insurance and uh, I have two daughters that are granddaughters that are one's a therapist got her got her uh, uh, licensed as a licensed therapist now and another girl working for Genentech which is a large uh, pharmaceutical out in San Francisco and they're on their own 
They're 32, 31, 32 years old, still single. And uh, I assume that somewhere along the line, things will happen for them. But uh, I think they've, they pretty well know how to handle themselves. And, uh, and I'm just happy for that. Uh, and, and I will say this, they, uh, they've been wonderful to Grandpa. They've kept in touch with me. I mean, thank goodness for a computer. Uh, and I hear from them once a week or better. In fact, I've got a granddaughter that came in last night uh, that's going to spend the weekend with us. Came in just for Grandpa's birthday. So uh, I love her dearly. And so she'll be here a few days and uh, and then head back to Colorado. But uh, yeah, I, I'm very happy with what I see the kids, young people today. Uh, and there's a lot that are in a lot of trouble. I know that, you know, they've undoubtedly uh, gone off the wrong direction, but uh, I, I, didn't, I haven't seen that with my own children. I think they've all made good decisions along the way. I went to college and, uh, and are uh, headed in the, Headed in a good direction. I'm happy for that. I, I I say many times, the Lord has blessed me. I've been very, very fortunate. Had a wonderful wife and had a good family. But, uh, that's about, that's all you can really ask for, I think. What's next for you? What do you want to do with your life? <laughs> well, <laughs> I think about that. Uh, at 95, I realized there's, there's not a lot of time left. Uh, I remember I happened to, doctor decided I needed MRI or should have one. So I went over to Mercy and, had, and then the doctor that ran it, then you lay there for what, hour and a half. Anyway, he got out and then he talked to me and I never forget uh, after he had asked me a number of questions to see whether the mind was working right. Uh, uh, said to me, I said to him then at the end, I said to him, well, doc, what do you think? I was 93 at the time. And he said, I'll tell you what, you come back and see me in seven years and we'll talk about it. I said, I'd been 100 years old. And he said, that, that's what I'm telling you. So uh, I don't know. Maybe I've got a year or two left. I, but I, I, I hope, and I know Ben knows. I hope I can stay right here, but I find that uh, just not able to do a lot of the things that came so easy to me before. I've got two acres here to maintain plus a house, and uh, it, it, it's much more difficult now for me than it was. I know that, but uh, I hope I can. I hope I can maintain this for a little bit anyway. Yeah. We got my wife's, Ben's going to be there, my wife's memorial coming up at the end of this month, July. So I've got all the family coming back. I look forward to that because the whole family, kids and everybody will be back with me for a few days. And uh, I think that's going to be it. I'm, I really look forward. I'm really looking forward to that. Kids have been wonderful. Grandkids, great-grandkids, all just uh been good to grandpa. In fact, I just heard from some here the other day. And, uh, and happy that, I'm happy that I, I can do that. Yeah. Ben, do you have any questions? 
Well, I was going to say, the one thing you didn't talk about at all is your athletic career. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Do you want to share one or two stories from... Uh, well, I was... I go to the fact that I liked sports, but uh, I was not very big in high school. Uh, probably 5'8", and probably weighed 135 pounds, and that's not a football player, and not tall enough to be a good basketball player. But... Uh, I uh, went off to the service and uh, gosh sakes, I got the boot camp and uh, and uh, every time I'd line up alphabetically, somebody would say, you're taller than me, you're taller than me, you're taller than me. And I was moving up the line. And uh, by the time I came home, uh, I probably was over 6162. And I could feel it in the joints of the legs and so forth because I had, you know, I and probably weighed probably 160 or so. And uh, I jokingly tell you that I came home and my mother looked at me and said, we should have sent you away a long time ago. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, then I realized that while I was in the service, uh, I realized real quickly that uh, by golly, I was always pretty good at baseball and even though for size, basketball. So I was playing a lot on the service teams, baseball and basketball, and uh, had my coach there at uh, in the Navy who coached me both in basketball and baseball, who, who asked me once before I was leaving, he said, uh, Keith, uh, what are you going to do when you get out? And I said, I'm going home to get a job. He said to me, you know, I could get you into William and Mary. You'd be a good athlete. And I said, I'm not interested in that. I'm going home. Uh, so there was some people there that felt at times that I probably could have done better. Well, anyway, I came home and I played on a baseball team here for, oh, 10, 12 years, uh, independent baseball team and an independent basketball team here and in Chicago for about, oh, maybe 10 years of that. And uh, I really enjoyed it. And uh, I'd say I was probably one of the better ball players at the time. Won a lot of championships. I had probably in the basement 50, 60 trophies. Baseball, basketball, my grandkids all had a choice. They've got <laughs> trophies they've taken home. In fact, when I went out recently to Colorado, I've got two uh, great grandkids both softball players. And one of them, I guess, quite good. She's a sophomore. We a sophomore. And I took him out one of my old baseball uh, trophies with a swing in the bat. Uh, they had had some, but I took that out to him too. Oh, you put this in your room. Yeah. You can think of grandpa when you're doing that. So, uh, yes, I, uh, I uh, excelled fairly well, I think, in those, those, those years. And I've, I've told... Uh, uh, that uh, at one time in about 1960, I was probably getting up there <laughs> in age a little bit, but we uh, had a team and and one of the Pan Am teams that goes down and plays in the Pan Am, like the Olympics only down in South America, uh, had a baseball team, Coach Cobes out of Michigan State had it. And I told him one of the players on there was Lou Brock. I think everybody knows Lou Brock. He was playing right field. 
uh, Ty Klein, who went with Cleveland and a number of other teams, was playing center field. And uh, uh, we had uh, Jack McCarty, who was, I don't know whether Jack was the goalie or he was on that uh, ice hockey uh, that won the Olympics that year, 60, I think. He was playing third base. And we had another fellow that uh, was with the Yankee, Arlie Gingas. He was a backup catcher. Of course, he wouldn't stand a chance of making it because there sat Yogi Bear and Elston Howard, and he's he's not going to beat them out, I don't think. But uh, yeah, he was catching, so it was a uh, that was probably probably near the end of my uh, baseball playing year, that nineteen sixty sixty. I played first base. And I got out recently to see my uh, granddaughters play, great-granddaughters. Aaron's an outfielder, center fielder, good. But I got a younger one, then Molly, who uh, I got to see play, and she was she played a few innings of shortstop and then moved to first base. And uh, I said to her, which do you like the best, Molly? Uh, and she told me she said, likes first base. And I said, ah, you got that from your grandfather. Yeah. So you tried out for the Cubs. Yes, I had to work out with the Cubs, and I had to work out with the Brooklyn Dodgers. Oh. <laughs> I tried out with the Cubs here, and right here, and they had a scout down. The Cubs did, and looked at a number of us. And then I happened to be down in uh, in Texas at the time, and my brother-in-law had remarked to a scout down there, and he said, "Oh, let's, why don't you come out and take, we'll take a look at you." And so I did uh, down there in uh, Fort Worth uh, that I uh, uh, tried out out there and down there with them also. So, yeah, I, uh, they didn't see anything. <laughs> they didn't get all excited. Although I always love the remark that a couple of fellows made is Katie and I was walking to the, the, the parking lot to get in their cars. And I heard a, and a couple of fellows went by who were there at the tryouts. And uh, I always loved to remark one five turned to me and said, they missed you today. Oh. And I said, thank you. So uh, that was Cubs. Yeah, I, uh, I love my. Thank you, Keith, for sharing your stories and opening your home to us. And thank you for your service. As a reminder, VNA Hospice hosts Salute to Veterans at 12 p.m. every Friday outside of our hospice center. We are honored to have Keith and his family join us in person today, Friday, July 8th. If you would like to submit a story idea, please reach out to us at veterans at vnanwi.org.